0: You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. Dealing with sensitive information when caring for distressed drug and alcohol clients and the resulting emotional toll and exhaustion leaves nurses at risk of a range of health issues, a clinical nurse specialist says, Ravena Raidu from Drug Health Services' Southwestern Sydney Local Health District and the University of Tasmania said the vicarious trauma that nurses working within drug health experience needs to be better understood so it can be identified and treated before it becomes a problem. Ravena joins me now. Welcome.
1: Hi, Dallas. How are you going? I'm
0: good, thank you. Uh, it would be great if you could uh, tell me a little bit more about vicarious trauma and, and why nurses, and in particular drug and alcohol nurses, may experience it.
1: Vicarious trauma is inevitable, I think, in trauma nursing particularly, and drug and alcohol does come under trauma nursing. We listen to clients, trauma stories and some of them are quite horrific and we have to use suppressed emotions so we don't really um, we don't really give in to the normal exclamations that one would make when listening to something that is quite traumatic. We have to suppress them and the suppressed emotion over time slowly changes people's perceptions or nurses' perceptions on how they look at themselves, how they look at um, people around them, how they look at um, their own self-esteem, how how, how they assess that. It it just affects all of that.
0: What other impacts can uh, vicarious trauma have on a nurse, both professionally and personally?
1: Listening to the... Uh, traumatic events, it just increases an awareness of the rate and reality of of, um, traumatic um, experiences around the nurse and and they just become more aware of their own vulnerability and safety and security because most of the traumatic events that are discussed or the trauma stories that that the clients uh, tell the nurses, it is about it does concern vulnerability, safety, and security. And eventually this can cause a feeling of helplessness, loss of control, and it affects how how we relate to family and friends, just alters the way a nurse experiences their self-identity, it disrupts perceptions of intimacy, and, um, and then this eventually can lead to manifestations of physical, emotional, psychological, um, Signs and symptoms. So, you know, the nurse can feel lower job satisfaction, um, reduced commitment to to one's job, um, you know, chronic absenteeism, workplace conflicts, um, reduced capacity for physical and mental uh, work. And uh, personally, they can become emotionally overwhelmed. There's a lack of accomplishment, a sense of ineffectiveness, this loss of empathy for judgment and can eventually lead to emotional breakdown.
0: You undertook a literature review to better understand and determine the cause of vicarious trauma and its effects on nurses working with drug and alcohol clients. Uh, What struck you about the the research that's out there on on the
1: topic? There are a few things, actually. Um, The first one was the lack of literature available on vicarious trauma. Um, I found a total of um, 13 articles and um, and even with these 13 articles um, vicarious trauma was used interchangeably with burnout um, traumatic stress and it is quite clear from from my study of the literature that vicarious trauma is it is very very different from uh, burnout or um, secondary traumatic stress, and compassion fatigue. Um, So so it would need to be, the term needs to be delineated on its own so it can be explored, that was the one thing. The other thing that I found in this research was that there is a lack of um, research done with trauma in nursing and drug and alcohol specific. So there was only one article, but it pertained to alcohol and other drug workers, so not not nursing specific. There were uh, a lot more literature available for social workers, oncology workers, um, and other healthcare community service workers, but very little literature for nurse specific, and apparently um, no research whatsoever. In terms of um, drug and alcohol nursing. So that was another thing that was um, quite um, apparent. Um, the other thing that I found that all the studies used uh, different measurement instruments, so there was no specific measurement tool to identify vicarious trauma. Um, and, and I think the different measurement tools mean the different specific results. So, yeah, so that was another thing I, um, I sort of uh, noticed. The research also talked about vicarious trauma or a burnout or, or compression fatigue or um, secondary traumatic stress in terms of what it causes or what it does, but it didn't really have a... Recommendation and how it could be dealt with or how, how to put strategies in place. There were recommendations, but not, not anything specific.
0: And so what can be done to ensure that drug and alcohol nurses or nurses in general are, are supported or equipped to deal with vicarious trauma or, or, or the impacts of it are minimized or, or is there just not enough information out there about that?
1: To some extent, there there isn't um, a lot of information, but the other thing I noticed was um, there was recommendation for clinical supervision. Uh, Now, I am a clinical supervisor and I supervise a group of nurses and I attend supervision myself as well. And I think since I have been engaged in clinical supervision, it has really helped me um venture into reflective practice and I think reflective practice is is an immense tool in trying to trying to um deal with vicarious trauma because it helps you to reflect on your practice in a very objective way on what you did well and what you could change for the next time. And I think there is no research to say that clinical supervision would benefit nurses in the um, in, in in a situation where they are having symptoms or having signs of vicarious trauma, um, but I think clinical supervision would definitely be something that um, nurses should look into. The peer mentoring was also mentioned, and um, and peer support was mentioned. The interesting thing that came out of the literature review was that they are predisposing factors to vicarious trauma. So, um, you know, client rescuing behavior, professional boundary issues, poor work environment, poor work climate, lack of experience, um, and even the individual um, psychological makeup. So for nurses to be aware of their limitations, I think, is absolutely imperative and I think one of the ways that you can learn about your limitation is through clinical supervision because then it brings you back into reflective practice so if you are aware that you have um, you know uh, professional um, boundary issues in terms of client rescuing behavior we are all different and 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 we all nurse differently and some nurses Tend to be a little bit more um, emotionally engaged with your clients as opposed to another. So once you become aware of that, and then you realise it could be a danger in, in in drawing you towards having a rescuing behaviour, then you can effectively put some contingency plans in place where you could be able to deal with an event or an interaction um, that you may be aware may. Initiate that rescuing behavior.
0: You mentioned earlier that vicarious trauma is different to, to burnout, compassion fatigue, and traumatic stress. Uh, how does uh, vicarious trauma differ, and and how can a, a clinical supervisor potentially I- identify it?
1: Okay, so um, I don't. First of all, I don't think our um, clinical supervisor may be able to identify. Um, Um, any of these uh, vicarious trauma, burnout, or secondary traumatic stress, I think um, it it would be hard to identify in a a group setting or a clinical supervision setting. I think Mm -hmm. it would be more under the lines of um, a person being able to identify that they are now struggling coming to work or having more physical symptoms that prevent them from coming to work um, and, you know symptoms just like nausea or tummy aches. You know that you just get before you have to think about going to work, and people do get that. So that's obviously something that's quite concerning. Um, anyway, I digress. So um, yeah, in terms of the differences, um, compassion fatigue is classified as over involvement in client care, and I think that's just the stand alone. So. think it could be over-involvement in client care across any industry. So, you know, you could be a teacher or or you could be um, a um, personal banker and and you could be a little bit over-involved in the care that you provide to the the patient or the client. Um, Burnout is different in the sense that uh, it's just and withdrawal from work environment and clients and again this is applicable to any work setting Um, your secondary traumatic stress is normally uh, characterized by um, post traumatic like symptoms and this can actually be triggered after uh, a single encounter with a client so you know let's say you've you've spoken with a client who's expressed horrific um, details about um, you know about maybe domestic violence or rape and somehow this can cause the clinician to develop secondary traumatic stress symptoms, uh, again, due to the various predisposing factors or just just the mere fact that the clinician has been dealing with this for a very long time, dealing with this type of um, stories or this type of client disclosure for a very long time. Now, vicarious trauma is different because it's the use of controlled empathy, it's the ongoing exposure to client trauma, continuous ongoing trauma, and it's the gradual transformation within the self that makes it different. So it actually transforms the person from inside, um, you know, where they are in their core as, as, as who, who they are as a being.
0: Is there anything else you would like uh, nurses or, or perhaps clinical supervisors to to know about vicarious trauma?
1: Um, I think just being aware that this is inevitable and it's going to happen if you are dealing with trauma nursing. So if you're a clinical supervisor and you are supervising nurses or clinicians who deal with trauma nursing, the underlying understanding should be that there is an element of vicarious trauma probably at different stages within each individual. And the reinforcement on self-care, on trying to practice reflective um, nursing, um, on trying to get um, counseling, accessing the EAP counseling, within their services, you know, uh, being mindful of how, if or how their interactions are with their own family members and if that is changing. And, you know, just being aware and mindful, I think, is really, really important.
0: Thank you for your time, Ravena.
1: Thank you.